This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, good morning. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that should be exciting for all of us, but many times really seems to be a space of intimidation or an area where we feel ill-equipped or awkward or really struggle to engage, and that is going to be the word reach. And the whole purpose and perspective of our life is we're here to reach the lost. Now, I know some of us think that we're occupational, um, we have an occupation in life, um, or we have you know, to retirement at the very end of it. Uh, in fact, uh, this last week, I was with um, a younger couple and we're going through um, marital uh, counseling and having some great time. And they were so well-versed as far as talking about retirement, I was amazed. In fact, of all the years that I have uh, worked with young married uh, couples to get married, I have never had a couple that was so trained or so thinking ahead to the point where I advised them that you're thinking too much ahead. And I've never had to do that in my entire time in, of ministry, working with somebody that, look, you're thinking too much ahead. You need to create memories now. It's so important that we have to have a, a balanced life. Our life needs to be balanced that we, you know, we have the here and now. And so many times, we, we, in fact, let me just, some people think that it's the pastor's job to win the lost. Some people think it's the pastor's job to pray for the sick. Some think, people think it's the pastor's job to do the counseling. And, you know, I mean, just I, I can't even imagine how many hats that a lot of people think I'm supposed to wear. Um, but really, mine is to, to really one hat, and that's to equip you. I'm supposed to be a person who's a coach that trains you how to do the work of the ministry. In fact, if you could, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to go through it, and here we are. This is our fifth week and kind of unfolding the vision of Life Change Church. And it's really not a different vision. It's just we're getting more clarity of where we're going. In fact, that um, what is so important is, uh, and Pastor Chad kind of took a lot of the steam and excitement that I was really wanting to do over this candle thing. Um, this week, I actually had the opportunity to lead somebody um, to the Lord. And that was uh, that, to me, is the most exhilarating thing that I ever do. I mean, that's the most exciting thing. And in fact, if, to be truthful with you, I miss my days at Steelcase. I miss my days at UPS. And the reason I miss those days is because when I worked in the, the shop, I was always around the lost. I was always around people that just, they needed Jesus Christ. I mean, all you had to do is show up and everybody was complaining. Well, you know this much that when people are complaining, there certainly isn't the presence of God because the Bible says do nothing by murmuring and complaining. We're supposed to be thankful, right? And so you can always tell when people are been in the presence of God because they're worshipful and they're thankful for everything. In fact, I was just sharing with the elders, I go, we should be thankful in all things because it's the very thing that conditions our heart for the presence of God. 
And so when Satan works so diligently at shooting arrows at our life to make us complain about scenarios that are going on in our life, and there are scenarios that go on in our life, all right, whether we think they're fair or not fair or whatever, what happens in the space of complaining or frustration is what happens is you negate the, you negate the space of hearing God's voice. The only way that you can condition your heart to the space of hearing God's voice is through gratitude. That Bible says, that's why the Bible says so clearly, it says be thankful in all things. Be thankful in every trial. Why? It's not because those trials are enjoyable. It's because you need to hear the presence of God through them. Amen? And so today, um, as we talk about reach, and I want you to understand is that you need to have so much thanksgiving in your heart at all times because that is the only way let me share with you um that in fact as I was uh, talking to this uh, young couple that you know I led um the young man to the Lord let me let me just share what what really I think captured their thoughts I didn't share with them how hard being a Christian is because I don't believe it is do I go through a lot of hardships? Seriously, I was up at almost every day this four o'clock in the morning this week. One time God completely woke me up and just said, he just showed me so many demonic voices. And I was writing them all down, thinking I'm gonna write a message. And God says, close the book. That was for you. Went, all right, good when you've done that at seven. <laughs> that was my first, that was my response. He says, no, we did it at four. All right, and so then like a couple days later, had another four o'clock appointment with God. And that was the one I just shared with you about being thankful. Because when certain things happen in our life, we can easily capture the idea of getting frustrated and complaining. And God says, look, I want your heart always thankful because I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring people in your pathway, intersections your pathway that you need to share Jesus. And so here's what, what really hit this young couple. I said, look, I said, you know, one day when I get my complete regenerated soul, I mean, completely, I'm 100% new body with God. I don't have that now, neither do you. But when I get that, that complete, perfect body, God, I'm gonna be able to dive down to two miles into the earth, in the ocean, and I'm going to be lit. And I know it's dark down there. And it's cold down there. It's pressured down there. It doesn't matter. I have a new body. can handle all of it. I'm going to be like Jesus. The Bible says, as, as he is, so am I. Boom, man. I'm going to explore the depths of the ocean. Checking things out that nobody else has ever seen. And then I'm going to be able, here's the other thing is, is that God's a creative God, right? He's always, he's still creating galaxies. He's still creating star systems. I'm going to jump on that chariot or whatever kind of drive mobile that that is. We all think we're, you know, generating some cool vehicles to here, whatever. What God has up there is amazing. And I'm going to get zipping out to a new galaxy. And I said, God, can I please name a new star? I know you're creating them all the time, but I'd like to name one new star. Can you please hold that star in a space? Because I like, because see, that's what's waiting for you and me in heaven. And so I don't paint the picture of, yeah, there's going to be people that persecute you and say there's going to be things that happen on this earth. I don't paint that picture. Because what is that matter in comparison to persevering what God's going to do? And on the other end of that rainbow with God, that's waiting for you. And that's, by the way, eternally happening. 
That's not some temporary event. Like I just came back from Fort Lauderdale. It was a great vacation with my wife, but I'm gonna tell you something. Can that compare to eternity in heaven? Not at all, not at all. And so today as we unfold the scripture, I pray that you can get just on fire. And why are you on fire? Because people in your workplace need to see that fire of Jesus. They need to see the power of God on the inside of your life. That you're not making things about your problems. You're not making things about what's going on in your marriage or what's going on in your finances or what's going on there. All those are real and God can work through you and give you power and he can give you life through it. But let me tell you something. Heaven is on the inside of all. The kingdom of God is on the inside of all of us and people need to read something more than what's on their Google phone. They need to read something more. They need to, the Bible says that we're written epistles, known throughout the world. Are we being known for being just like the world? Are we not being known because we're not, the world isn't holding us down? We realize that we're living in a different place. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places. Man, I can't tell many times, if I'm seated in a heavenly place, then why in the world is my perspective all about here? If I'm living up there if that's where God's bringing me. So help me help you, or rather let the Holy Spirit assist you today to understand how important, how vital you are to God's kingdom. That someone this week is gonna have a vital moment intersection with your life. Now, whether they accept Christ through your prayer time or whether they begin to look for Christ through your lifetime, That that candle, which is just a representation of the importance of who you are, that you are the billboard for Jesus Christ. And that my job is to help equip you to understand how important you are and get equipped in the space of that importance. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith, knowledge of God's son, and that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Father, I ask that, I just ask for help by your Holy Spirit, the great helper, the great counselor, the great teacher, the great convictor. I pray that you write, Jeremiah 31 says, write your ways on our heart today so that this week people would read what's on our heart And then they would see who you are. They would see your truth. And that it's not just a truth that applies just to our life, 
but it applies to the whole world. For God, you so love the world. Jesus, we thank you for paying the ultimate price. May that truth, may the understanding of that sacrifice unfold today in our hearts. May it explode, may it regenerate purpose in our walk. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said. So I'm gonna try to make the message uh, simple today. It's really gonna be three parts. But before I do that, I'm just gonna break down the vision real quickly, what we've been doing. Number one is, is there's 173,000 people just in this county alone. And we here at Life Change Church wanna make it hard for them to go to hell. Amen? We wanna make it hard on them to go to hell. We wanna help them see how important their role, how vital they are, and that Jesus loves them. And so we're here to equip you to reach them. And that this church is a vital part in this community. Number two, we keep this vision over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because vision leaks. Vision leaks. Now, I had seven children um, grow up in my home, and you would be amazed at how many times I had to repeat myself. Right? How many times I had to repeat myself. Yesterday, I was with four of my grandkids. We were at the, um, the, double, uh, the double J swimming, and my wife was helping make pillows, and then we went miniature golfing. And, and uh, you would be amazed at how many times I had to repeat myself in front of those young little grandkids. And how you still, even though it's so fun, but sometimes it can be very taxing because you feel, in fact, I heard it a long time ago. It says that, that casting vision, which means casting direction, to people, it's like a third grade teacher. You just repeat yourself all the time. And so we, when you walked through and from the lobby area, you've seen on the wall, there, there right on the wall is the six words that we've cre created as a mission to fulfill the vision. And our vision here is allowing God to grow in us, all right? Allowing his purpose to grow inside of us, that our life would change. If you're connected to God, your life's gonna change. And through that change, others are going to see it. I'm so thankful that my kids have said it on numerous different occasions. They said, Dad, you're always changing. My wife says it, you're always changing. That should, that should help us understand that, you know what, our life should always be changing. I'm going to be reaching 60 years old, and my life is still continually changing. And the Word of God says we're supposed to go from faith to faith, glory to glory. Your life should always be changing. That's why 22 years ago when God had given a word for this church and what it was called, it was called Resurrection Life Changing Ministry, way before the word life change was even a word. 20 some years ago, now it's just a cliche, you hear it everywhere you go, life change. But 22 years ago, we had set up, in fact, we were part of Resurrection Life Organization and we said, no, we, knew, we need to see this ministry called Resurrection Life Changing ministries. And then number three is you're a vital part. You're a vital part. There's no black sheep in God's family. None. There's no one that's more vital than the other. And yet I know that raising seven kids, one of my, my oldest child in adoption struggled with that part of it in her life. And then one of my other ones really struggled with that part of it. In fact, even labeled themselves at that time and said, well, I'm just the black sheep of the family. And nobody is. And I believe that there are some people in this house right now that feel that same way. No, you're not. 
No, you are not. In fact, I love what Jesus' word said, that he was going, gave it a parable, and he goes, well, who would forgive more? Who would love more? And by the way, our, our, our mission in that vision is to grow in God and love others and reach the world. And, and then it talks about worship and then serve and then servant lead. Who, and Jesus says, who would love more? And he was talking about some religious leaders who thought that they had it all together, that they had lived the life that everybody else should be impressed with. And then Jesus gives this parable. Well, who would love more? The one that has been forgiven a larger debt or one who had been forgiven a little bit of debt? And they said, well, I guess the, the religious leader, I guess the one who had been forgiven a lot of debt. And what Jesus was doing is making an illustration is that someone's heart who had been so messed up, who had done so many things wrong in their walk, accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. They are all in because there's so much, they've, they've accepted a love. Kind of like Mary, who had been demonized in life, who's literally with Jesus, literally washing his feet she couldn't give him enough love. And even when he was resurrected, she's the one that stopped the whole procession. Here's Jesus in his death space, resurrected into heaven. And Jesus says, I got to make a stop on earth again. Now, I don't know you, but if I had descended into hell, I wouldn't want to stop on earth who brought me to hell. But yet Jesus, because of love, because of one woman whose adoration and desire was, I want to touch Jesus one more time. Her name was Mary. What if we were like Mary? We had that much passion and compassion and perseverance. She embodies everything that I'm really trying to talk about today when it comes down to reach. Today, I want to break it down into three words. Compassion, effort, and perseverance. Compassion, effort, and perseverance. Because we need all three of them if we're really gonna be what God has called us to be. We're gonna have, there's gonna be spaces in our walk where we're just uncomfortable. Awkward spaces in our time. I can look back in two different times where God had asked me to pick up, two, only two times I've picked up hitchhikers that, that I can remember in my entire life. And both times were because there were, their wives were praying for over a decade. Now, I didn't know any of the wives. I didn't know any of these guys that I was picking up as strangers on the, on the highway. Both times, I led both men to Jesus Christ. One really late in the evening and another one really early in the morning on the way to work. Both times, they had, they had car trouble on the road. But, but let me just tell you something. I was the one that watered the seed. Their, wife, their wives were praying for over a decade for these men. How many people that in your workplace were the spouses praying? How many people in your, in, in, your, in your travels? I can give you another experience where my, uh, one time I was literally wanting to go on a snowmobile uh, vacation with my friend. And we were working stuckies at the time, so we really didn't take a lot of time off. And so we literally planned this Friday uh, day because we realized that everybody grooms the trails. All the groomers go out Friday morning, which means they get these big old tractors and they make the trails really flat. And so Friday, Friday morning is the time we want to ride because by the time Friday's over and Saturday's there, trails are trashed. And so we wanted to go Friday morning. We knew exactly where we were going. And so what we did was we, we, got, on, we got our sleds all packed up and my son's or my, my friend's sled wouldn't start. 
We couldn't figure it out. We could not. And he's mechanic. He's even more mechanically than I am, and I'm pretty mechanically inclined. We could not get that snowmobile started. We worked that whole Thursday night trying to get it going and trying to get it going. And he stayed up till two o'clock in the morning on Friday. He finally got it going. Now Friday's when we were going to go riding, but Friday was over. We were still working on sled. So then we got to go Saturday when we knew all the trails were going to be trashed. And so now here we are, we're getting in the snowmobiles and we're driving up and uh, we were going to go, uh, and I don't, it doesn't really matter, uh, but we were going to go north of Cadillac, pick up the trails to Kalkaska. So we get him off and we, we unload him and all of a sudden realize that we had taken his son with us because Saturday he wasn't in school and the snowmobile, all of a sudden I was noticing that he was, his son was driving his wife's sled and I could notice the whole um, track systems all going all over the place. I stopped him. I said, man, I said something wrong. So I look at the suspension. There's supposed to be four bolts in the suspension. There's only two. I said, man, we're going to have bigger problems here. So we threw the snowmobile back on the trailer and we drove back to Cadillac because there's a, there's a Polaris dealership that we can have some help with. He's so disappointed because he had worked the day before and night before. He couldn't ride. He's in that place. Have you ever been so disappointed you just want to quit? Yeah. But see, God had something in mind. See, what you don't really realize is God loves people more than you do. And he's after those people in your workplace. And he's after what we didn't know is that God was positioning us for a particular snowmobile trail in a particular snowmobile time. We had no idea. We just wanted to go snowmobiling. And so now we're getting there, we get this thing fixed. And we, and, and I don't know if you've ever worked on a suspension that can be very difficult to get in place, especially when you don't have the right tools. And we, we just miraculously put it thing back together. I said, man, let's go. And then we jumped on a trail system in Cadillac that both of us were trying to avoid because we thought it was gonna be terrible. And it was great, we we're having a ball. We have to gas up about halfway through the day and uh, all of a sudden we see an E-unit fly by us. And what I mean by E-unit at that time was there's a, he's pulling a sled, he's pulling a snowmobile with a trailer. He's got his lights flaring and we're at the gas station at that point in our life. We're gassing up and I kind of made a comment. I said, I said, what are you trying to look for? Somebody doesn't have a, a trail permit. And I mean, I just got shut down so quickly by the teller. I was paying gas. She says, no, somebody got hurt and that person's reaching that person accident. I said, I looked at my friend, I said, let's pray. I said, Father, I pray that you help that unit find that person on the trail. I pray that you just guide them straight to it. And then we got back on our sleds and drove probably about three or four miles. And guess what we found out when we ran right up into is that unit. He hadn't found the person in the accident. He goes, you know where trail nine is? I said, I know exactly, sir, where trail nine is. So I jumped on my sled and I like fast things. And I have like the fastest snowmobile at the time on it. And I don't look like pastoral material at all when I'm riding my sled. And I don't act like pastoral material when I'm on my sled. So I get on my sled and I'm literally trying to go slow enough this guy can keep up. And we get through the trail, trail nine, and right away I see most, the, the most horrific thing you can imagine. And you see one man trying to do mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation to another man, and his mouth is full of blood. At this point, I didn't even think what's going on, that Jesus in me is doing all the thinking. I throw my helmet off, I run to the man, and I says, in Jesus' name, live. Live! 
The breath of God live in this man. This other guy who's got blood all over him, he's trying to pull me off. He's literally trying to, I'm like, what? He's trying to pull me off and I'm fighting him trying to see because the Bible says the power is through laying on of hands. I'm trying to lay hands. He's trying to pull my arm off of him. I'm realizing I need to engage. I need to engage. I'm like in a tug of war with this guy trying to finally to engage. I finally touch him and he's pulling me off. I go, sir, what are you doing? He says, I, said, I thought you were like a priest. You're going over there giving him his last rites and calling him to death. I says, do I look like a priest? <laughs> I says, I'm speaking life. Meanwhile, Air Med has already been called. What are the chances that my next door neighbor is in charge of Air Med? My next door neighbor is in charge of Air Med at that time. He's going over there. He's working. He knows exactly what's going on. So I call up my next door neighbor trying to get Air Med. We're trying to get this person, you know, uh, to a, 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 an opening because it's all trees so that he can be lifted up. The next day I feel I need to, I need to go to this person's, the hospital and visit this family. This family's from Ohio. They traveled from Ohio. A lot of people with snowmobiles do this. They traveled from Ohio to go to um, Michigan to snowmobile. No snow in Ohio. And through this event, it was the father and the son. The father was the one that was in the accident. He's comatose. And the son was trying to breathe mouth to mouth resuscitation over his father who thought he was dead. In the meantime, this man has a miracle. We prayed for a miracle, we prayed for life. He comes to, he hit a tree head on with a snowmobile. He comes to, he comes to breathe. We led this whole family to Jesus Christ. We led this whole family to that, have that candle time. Now, we say that, I'm not, brothers and sisters, God wrecked our snowmobile trail. It was no fun. But we prayed every day, Colossians 4. Colossians 4, God, may you open up a door for the ministry. Craig Nelson, my friend who snowmobiled with, we never had any regret of that moment. We were amazed at how God held a snowmobile. And you know what the problem with the snowmobile is? It's so ridiculous, I hate to even mention it. Two carburetors, the choke lever was stuck on one carburetor. It was just, it just wasn't finding its sleeve. And we couldn't get it started because of the choke lever. It's ridiculous. We should have caught that along. We tore that snowmobile down to not, we tore it all the way down, the carburetors all apart, put it back together. Why? Because God loves people. Three words, I'm gonna say it again. Compassion. Everybody say compassion. Effort. Perseverance perseverance. You need to have compassion. You need to have effort. You need to have perseverance in your walk with God. There are lives hanging in the balance. And number four in my notes, the second thing we will need to reach for as our lost effort is we need to have effort. In 2 Samuel 14, 14, there's a passage. Please write it down in your notes. It's one of my favorite passages. In fact, I just shared it with the elders today. All of, us must, all of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep away 
sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we've been separated from him. God is always devising a plan. God loves people. He's, he strategically moved our snowmobile trip just because he loved these people in Ohio. God is working with a marital counseling situation just because he wants someone to accept Christ. There's so many of God has a car breakdown, two different car breaks down. By the way, the one weird time is, I don't know what the other one was, but the one weird time the car broke down, it acted like it was out of gas. He accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior like one o'clock in the morning. We went back to the, tr- the truck and it started right up. You explain that to me. Because God loves people. God loves people and he's wanting you. You are a vital part of that intersection. And our job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry, which means like Pastor Chad's talking about, this discipleship plan, what we're trying to do in this church is train you how to lead others, not only in their, in their space of walk with God, but even in their first step with God. We wanna teach you how to pray with them. We wanna teach you how to disciple them. You know, I love what Adam and Eve were told, he says, Tend and keep. So many people today aren't kept in God. They're not kept in marriage. They're not kept in their walk with God. It is our job to help people in the garden in which they're walking. We're here to help train and do our very best at that. And I'm gonna close with this. Luke chapter 15. And here's Jesus talking about how important it is for souls. Luke 15, verse one. Can you guys put it up there for me? The passage, 15, verse one. Now the tax collectors and sinners, is it, is it gonna be up there? Yes. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents over 99 righteous who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins, Luke 15, verse eight. And 10 silver coins loses one, does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there's real, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God has given us perspective. Today, I pray that as we think about the word reach, you cannot think about the word reach and not think about perspective. That's the point. Why am I here? Why am I breathing? What is so important? I'll never, you know, every one that I, when I, when I get up to uh, brothers or sisters in Christ who, are, who have a terminal illness, there's one question I always ask them whether it was my nephew or whether it was my 
um, my brother-in-law or someone I don't even know, I asked them one question. I said, why does God want you to live? That may seem like a hard question to someone who's facing terminal illness. But the point is perspective. Because I think so many of us have lost perspective on planet Earth today. I think we as Christians many times have, um, we're so soft at life because we think that it's all about this life. We talk very little about the next life. But that's really what Jesus was all about. He was telling us and sharing us that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. When he spoke those words, he said, healings happen. Miracles happen. Signs and wonders happen. Why? Because see, that's what heaven is. Heaven connected with earth. It's perspective. And I ask you, I, ch- I want you to be challenged today. What is your perspective, even as you're in church today? Is that when you leave today, that you realize that your batteries, in fact, it's so funny this morning, I tried to get my truck started, wouldn't start, why? Because somehow it decided this last night was the important day to say, I'm no longer gonna turn the lights off by themselves. You know how you have vehicles that turn the lights off by themselves? Last night, it chose that not to work. <laughs> of all the nights it could have chosen, it chose last night. Well, it's kind of, when you think about it, it's kind of like us. Perspective, are, are we, I mean, that truck's not gonna start. It's still there. It looks the same as yesterday. It probably would even like to act the same, but it's not going to. Why? Because the battery isn't charged. And so all of its functions that it's supposed to do, can't. Because of a little battery. You know what, what you are? It's your heart. You know, the very, one of the smallest things that is in your body is your heart. Perspective. What's in your heart? What's in your heart today? What's the perspective of your heart today? Is it, is it, is it to get through? Or is it, I'm vital to God. His vitality is living in me. He wants to do something great. When Jesus says, look, greater things will you do now that I go to the Father. Do you believe that? Or do you just kind of just displace that? Well, that's Pastor Ron's problem. Or that's Elder so-and-so's problem. Or that's my, my mother's problem. Or, or do you really believe that, by the way, there's, there, there's no different generations in heaven. They're all one generation. They're all sons and daughters. Do you believe you're vital to God? Because I'm gonna end on this thought. As you think, so you are. If you think that you're no big deal, then guess what you'll be? It's no big deal. But if you realize that what Jesus did on the cross made you a big deal, not because of what you did, because of what he did. And when you accept that, sacrifice you'll understand the regenerative power this whole week as I was on vacation I couldn't stop every morning God would say regenerative power regenerative power regenerative power I don't even know what it all means I'm studying it but I do know this that what Jesus did for me was so vital so important that I'm not to keep it to myself 
that that life flows, his spirit flows within me to do his work, that he has ordained accidents, not that he's over the accident, he didn't cause the accident, but God causes the intersection after the accident. For God so loved the world. He loves people. He wants you to be a vital part of it. And he has stationed so many of us, stars, in a dark world. Do you see yourself as his star? Because he does. Are you lit up like his stars are? Interesting, they, you know, they, at Satan, one of the things is he was a morning star before he fell. Are you his morning stars on this earth, this dark world? Are we the ones that just talk about the dark world? Do you think the star talks to the other star and goes, man, it's really dark out here? Or do you think the stars go, man, I'm lit today. I'm lit today. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power, the anointing of your truth that sets a course, intersects our lives with those out there that don't see you, that don't know you, God, as we do. We thank you, Lord, right now from the bottom of our heart. We thank you for calling us out of darkness, calling us into your marvelous light. We thank you that we can have this regenerative power that Holy Spirit can, can light us up on the inside and be what we're called to be, vital in you, ready to do anything that you've called us to do, God. God, there's nothing in of us that is righteous enough, but you are that righteousness. There's nothing holiness, but you are that holiness. There's nothing powerful, but you are that power. And God, that we can be vessels, temples of your anointing. That we can go out into a world that desperately needs you, God. That the words that we would say, Father, would literally be the things that they would hang on to find you, God. That it would be a map to know you. That a, a simple prayer could come to an acceptance of the cross in their walk as it has us. So if you're here this morning, if you're watching online right now, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're unsure of your salvation, you're unsure of your walk, you're feeling powerless in this walk. You're a vital part, but you need to accept the vitality, and that's Jesus himself by his Holy Spirit. So church, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, you paid the price I couldn't pay. And I receive the love, the forgiveness, your tomorrows, and the power that my life can be so vital in your hands to touch others. Send me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship our God today. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.
We'll see you next week.